I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Creeping, crawling. All the creepy and spooky. Mm-hmm. And Halloween-y. <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke for you, Brie. I'm ready. What is... Or, mm-hmm. What is or are? What are a ghost's favorite exercise? Oh, huh, what exercise do they like to do? Deadlifts. <laughs> that sounds like my exercise. <laughs> like anytime I'm trying to lift my body. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I okay, so I I have a joke, but it's like one of those like short little like story jokes. Okay. Okay. So, two ghosts walk into a bar. The bartender says, "Sorry, but we don't serve spirits. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I couldn't um, resist it. No, I, I tried, and then you it's there. You can't try to resist. Coyote <laughs> ugly, anyone? Yep. <laughs> yep. Our next episode's going to be karaoke. <gasps> Ooh. Spooky karaoke? Ooh. Huh. Yeah, that, that was the idea that I just had in, in my head. It just popped up. Spooky karaoke. Yep. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need some some booze if we do spooky karaoke. Yep, I'm, I'm good with the booze part. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to just apologize to everyone in advance. It's fine. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but speaking of booze... Should we get into our booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. So lots of uh, news this week. Mm-hmm. So first off, shout out to everybody that tuned into our Facebook live feed here just a few moments ago. Thanks. That was our first live. Yeah, it was and fun. Also, we apologize because after we closed the live feed, we just thought that we had zero comments on it. And then we opened it up. And we realized there were lots of comments. <laughs> but for some reason, they didn't scroll like they normally yeah, do. Yeah, usually it pops up. Yeah, so I apologize. But I don't know. I get so confused between Facebook Live and then Instagram Live. And they really are the same thing. But so really, it's just, I just don't know how to use it. So apologies. <laughs> we'll do better next time. Yes. Um, But we also have a website now. Yay! It's exciting! Website! Yeah, so uh, it is the, it's www.thesquadghouls.com. Oh, yeah. So as of right now, there's not a ton on it. There's a little bit about us and what inspired us to start the show. And then little biographies about each of us and our backgrounds. And then there's a link to listen to the show. But, you know, Future State will be adding a little merch store. We've yeah. ordered some stickers. Yay. And when those come in, we'll put them on. So excited. Yeah. And then if we get other fun stuff coming our way, we'll post all that as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and in other news, in actual, and and not ghouls news, maybe that was more ghouls news. Yeah. Sorry. We'll we'll add another section. (laughs) (laughs) In in booze news, there's a new Stephen King novel coming out in 2021. More reading. I know. The list is getting long. Yes. Um, So this one is going to be called Later, and it is a true crime story. So the the little... uh, Biography of it says the son of a struggling mother, Jamie Conklin, just wants an ordinary childhood. But Jamie is no ordinary child. Born with an unnatural ability, his mom urges him to keep a secret. Jamie can see what no one else can see and can learn what no one else can learn. But the cost of using this ability is higher than Jamie can imagine as he discovers when an NYPD detective draws him into the pursuit of a killer who has threatened to strike from beyond the grave. That was a really long sentence. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's the third book that he wrote for a hard case crime. There are two other books that were written. One's called The Colorado Kid, and then the other is called Joyland. They were both New York Times bestsellers. I have read none of them. Neither have I. How did I not know about this? Because the man's just written so many damn books. That's true. That it's hard to <laughs> And also because we've been reading a lot of his stuff. <laughs> yeah. That I felt like, oh, you know, we'll switch it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll read something else now. <laughs> yep. And for those that are local to Southern California, 
exciting haunt news. So excited. There is a new haunt that's called Urban Legends Haunt, and it's going to take place at the Orange Fountain. Orange Fountain. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. We're doing great. What do you get when you mix county and fairgrounds? You get fountain. So it's going to be at the Orange (laughs) County Fairgrounds, which is in Costa Mesa, California. So for anybody who's local from, I mean, even if you live in San Diego, it's not that far of a drive right now because the highways are pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be running for the month of October. Tickets are already on sale. Be sure to grab them. And it's important to note that the ticket prices that you see are per car. Yeah. They are not per person. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. And the other thing is it doesn't specify how big the car is. Oh, so they're going to learn real quick. Well, so that's my thing. I, I got to go back and read the fine print because I'm I, I'm assuming that they wouldn't let you pay $80 for a van if they're going to charge you $80 for a Honda Civic. Yeah. Because they have two very different passenger I'm sure capacities. they'll probably just add that on at the door because it's kind of hard to tell what car somebody's going to bring. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure there's... I didn't see a disclaimer for that, but I'm sure somewhere down the road they'll probably add that in because otherwise people are going to be coming in buses oh hell yeah <laughs> i mean that would be us pretty much with our little squad <laughs> super exciting news oh yes so after multiple release date delays i'm so excited <laughs> lionsgate antebellum will now release at home on september 18th Oh my god. I'm so excited. Spooky season just got a little bit better. It really did. I mean a double because we now we have the drive-thru and then now we have Antibella. I, oh, I'm so excited. I, I, I am so freaking excited for this. Yes. Like full Kristen Wig Saturday Night Live. So freaking excited. Yep. <laughs> I do that all the time. But. I've been dying for this movie to come out. Yes. And when it kept getting pushed it was supposed to come out in april yeah i was kind of hoping that was going to be like my birthday thing like watch it mm-hmm. but then nope and then they and then they said august and then and now and then before it was just off we didn't know where it was gonna, when it where mm-hmm. <laughs> when it was gonna come out mm-hmm. but now they're decided okay we're gonna do release at home and so you know be on the lookout for some on-demand streaming next month. So exciting! Yes, maybe and maybe they might release it in a drive-through too. Maybe that would be fun. Like, but we should totally do a little social distance watch party. Yes, I'm so here for this. Agreed. And uh, speaking of films that are coming out, the Shriekers are back. <gasps> what? Graboids. So. Oh boy. For those that love know what Shriekers and Graboids are, the seventh Tremors movie. <laughs> oh my god. We're really at the seventh? Yeah. I just oh, remembered man. one and two. Oh no, no, I think we may have watched three. <laughs> I've but only, I've only watched but okay, really, no, I saw the second one. The yeah. only one that you need to watch is the one that has Reba with the shotgun, which is <laughs> the first one. It has yep. young baby Reba McIntyre. With a shotgun shooting graboids. It's the best. So, the number one is the only one that really matters. Pretty much. So the seventh Tremors films officially titled Tremors Shrieker Island. Oh, so they're on an island now. Yeah, because why not? I think like once you run out of once you run out of other ideas, you just put it on an island. Good example. Did you know that there's a second Christmas vacation movie that's called Uncle Eddie's Island Adventure? nope there's a reason you didn't know it's the worst goddamn movie that was ever made on the face of the planet since the beginning of time oh man but again when you run out of ideas you move it to an island okay Um, well (laughs) well it's it's on track for release in october uh, and the mpaa gave it a pg-13 rating so it's probably not gonna be that good i mean if there if it was gonna be good it It would be r it would have been rated r yeah but here we are yeah and Something else that I'm super excited about, Shudder has announced 
that the docuseries Cursed Films is coming <gasps> yes. back for season two. Yes, oh man, season one was so good. It was. It was so damn scary because it was a real life movie curses. Yes. So for those that haven't watched it, please do the Shutter free trial for seven days and see if you like it. And then after that, it's only $6 a month. Just That's don't go to Starbucks bad. once. And right. it'll pay for itself. <laughs> um, but the Curse Film series actually explores different facts and legends around different films and film franchises that had casts and crews who were mis who were struck by misfortune and tragedy. Oh man, the the poltergeist. The poltergeist Ooh. one was so scary. Yeah. And you know what? The omen one, and I knew I'd known about both the Exorcist and the Omen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Omen one, there was even some stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about the Exorcist, like, separate from this, but I feel like we need to, like, do Cursed Films season one. We should. In one episode. We should. I think we could do it. It Mm -hmm. might be long, but I think we could do it. I think we can, too. (laughs) Hopefully it won't be two hours. (laughs) No. Dude, I don't think anything's going to rival our stand episode. I don't know. I mean, we could. Famous last words. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know. Don't well, say it now. Well, seeing as it looks like we've already been talking about news for 20 minutes. No, 10 minutes. We're okay. Oh, okay. Right, we're, cool. we're not that bad. We're, we're right on schedule. Although, fun fun side story. My poor mom was trying to listen to our Disneyland episode. And she's like, I was trying to get to the part where you're talking about Disney. Where was it? Did I miss it? I'm like, sorry, mom. We ramble about news and things going on. Sorry, but we did get to Disneyland. We did. Um, I mean, all the scary stuff. Fast forward of about 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. I'll find it. I mean, most podcasts are like that. Right? Yeah. 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 Just okay. fast forward. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, for my um, sharing on some uh, creators of color, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Pat McGrath Labs. Ooh, okay. I've ordered from yeah. Pat McGrath before. And. You know, I had to, I did a little bit more uh, research. I, I mean, Pat McGrath is, you know, basically like, you know, the the mother <laughs> of, you know, uh, beauty products. Mm-hmm. Did not know this because I feel like just recently I just started hearing about Pat McGrath Labs mm-hmm. from Sephora mm-hmm. and just getting like little samples. So, so much good stuff. Yeah. I mean, and you know, she started uh, a love for makeup, you know, from her mom just at seven years old mm-hmm. and, you know, and she's gone to work with the uh, Giorgio Armani cover girl, Max Factor and pretty much taking over like 60, so 60 shows um, at fashion week season. So, I mean, this is a big one. So, mm-hmm. let's get some products. And they're really good stuff. Yes, it's all <laughs> it's all wonderfully made product. It doesn't make you break out. Um, your eyeshadow won't melt off nope. in five minutes the and way the that it is. the pigments are so They're really vibrant. Too. Yeah. I have, a, I got a little palette and it'll be good for spooky season, especially with my idea. Mm-hmm. I've been slowly purchasing things for that so <laughs> um another one is a jack rabbit llc uh creating alternative fashion with a cause uh the brand is dedicated towards spreading awareness and prevention of suicide so a percentage Aww. of profits go to the national suicide prevention hotline oh so like double Double, double amazing. Yeah. And then also, I found Scarlet Engraves. They're based out of Dayton, Ohio. And her designs are created for from the love of horror, punk, goth, grunge, and glam genres. It's I'm a little, here for this. little mix of everything. Really cute. Nice. I so, love yeah. it. Well, this, this week's episode is exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm super stoked for this. Selfishly, because... <laughs> Jared and I were supposed to go on vacation here this year, and then Rona ruined it. Yep. Uh, But this week, in continuing highlighting different haunted cities around the world, we picked Haunted Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. So for those that don't know, Edinburgh, Scotland is one of the most haunted cities in the world, Mm -hmm. and it's got everything that you could possibly want. 
So, and, and anytime you're walking down a street, you cannot help but feel this odd sense of eeriness. Oh, yeah. There are Gothic cathedrals everywhere, stone tenement buildings, cobble-lined roads, ancient graveyards. I mean, it's just, it's so much good stuff. I am, I cannot wait to go and visit. And plus, all the good scotch. Oh, yeah. That was, like, truthfully, that was kind of the main reason why we picked it. But. I mean, I'm not a scotch <laughs> drinker, but I would probably go and try it there. Mm-hmm. Just because that's just, it's just the thing you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things, at least. <laughs> right? Well, in addition to many of the, the gorgeous buildings, the delicious scotch, and all of the other amazing things about the city, there are so many tales of tragedy and horror oh yeah from from edinburgh and actually there is i cannot uh pitch these enough there is actually a group of year-round i guess you could call them haunted houses all around the world i think there's one in france there are a couple in england i've actually done the london one oh. and then there's one here in san francisco it's the the different dungeons. So oh, I've done yeah. that. Did one. you do the San Francisco one? I did. Was it amazing? It was. I mean, I I didn't like find it super scary because I'm I guess I'm just weird. But there are a lot of people who are screaming at certain parts. Oh, it's super fun. <laughs> well, the The London one was great. They they do- talked about all the the fires that burned down the city, the plagues. They did this little Sweeney Todd theater. Oh yeah. Um, where your chair drops back and stuff. It, yeah, it was great. There was a boat ride that takes you through Trader's Gate when you're going into <gasps> Tower Bridge. I know, right? Oh, so it's, many things I'm missing out on. I, it's so cool. So I've, I've done the London one. I want to do the San Francisco one because I'm assuming that that one talks about like the earthquake mm-hmm. and the gold rush. Yes. It, it, I didn't know that San Francisco was like had like this dark history oh fuck yeah, so i'm man. really glad that i saw that because mm-hmm. i was like oh well, we can do this we can go to the golden gate bridge or you know go to um winchester house in san jose but then i saw that i was like oh yeah we're doing that we're doing this dungeon tour it was it was really cool and they did some stuff about like uh they talked about haunted alcatraz too oh hell yeah man so That'd be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's one in Edinburgh, too. And for our listeners that are also in the UK, there's obviously, I think there's one in York also in the UK. So there's London and York. And then there's also Hamburg, Germany. Oh. Oh. I'm fairly sure that Paris is one of the other ones, but they're they're all over Europe. And now they've just recently made their way out here to San Francisco uh, just a few years back. And I think a couple of our other friends have done it too. Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed pretty new. Yeah. So when things open back up, these are great things to go and do that are spooky all year round. And they also talk about the more macabre history of that city. So definitely check it out when yeah. things open back up if you happen to be in the UK and close by. The first place that I picked is Banshee Labyrinth. Ooh. Which is actually a pub. Oh. Mm-hmm. Was going a totally different direction. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this one is on Nidri Street in the heart of Edinburgh's old town. And it is lauded to be the most haunted pub in Scotland. However, I did read about a few other different pubs that also claim to be the most haunted pubs in Scotland. So oh. I can neither confirm or deny uh-huh but it has a within its subterranean maze there are seven different rooms there's three bars a live music venue and even a free cinema oh where you can expect to see some creepy movies i'm down mm-hmm. half of the pub is built into edinburgh's underground vaults which are a series of um chambers and arches within edinburgh south bridge and that's actually one that i'll talk about after oh yeah i have something on that too yeah because because the your your two boys yep are yeah you're gonna talk about yeah i went down the rabbit hole oh yeah (laughs) but anyway Mm -hmm. so it was originally used as taverns and storage spaces um but the vaults became home to the town's destitute in the early 1800s so this included 
all sorts of of people from the homeless to sex workers and criminals and uh the two famous body snatchers that brie is going to talk about burke and hair oh yeah and they frequented this area in their heyday sure did Mm -hmm. so after the vault in particular were bricked up for about a century they were rediscovered in the 1980s and since then have become notorious for the ghosts which still wander the black tunnels Mm. Mm -hmm. so creepy (laughs) yep so halfway down um through that area in old town you'll find the banshee labyrinth and moving through so most notably, uh, the creature that haunts the uh, Banshee Labyrinth is an entity known as the Watcher. Oh. So it's a man with a long black coat with a tricorn hat and large boots. Oh. Those who have seen him claim that beneath the brim of his hat, he has no facial features whatsoever. Of course. Mm-hmm. And when they were, when the Banshee Labyrinth was renovating one of their vaults for storage space, uh, a workman also described seeing a lady in gray or a woman wearing a long old fashioned gray dress, which I feel like this is pretty common. common. Yeah. It's either white, gray or black. Or all of the above. Oh, well. Or, or, I mean, like not at the same time, but. Oh, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. They, the lady in gray, I feel like, is very frequent across various mm-hmm. cultures. Um, so this one in particular has long red hair, but oh. she covers her face with her hands and sobs. And when someone asks, you know, who are you? How did you get in here? She doesn't usually reply. She just continues to cry. And then she removes her hands and reveals a pale, gaunt face with cracked and rotten teeth. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No. Mega, mega creepy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So, these are not the Banshee's only resident spirits. Okay. Uh, the main bar is said to be haunted also by a six-year-old girl named Molly, who disappeared in 1841. How is the girl in the bar? Because uh, it didn't used to be a bar. Oh. Oh, okay. Never mind. But apparently she was down in the vaults, and then she disappeared then. But Got it. I'm like... Because she's not allowed in there. <laughs> but you know what? She's probably like at that point in um, like in Beetlejuice when the Maitlands leave to go talk to Juno, their caseworker. Oh, and then yes. they come back and they're like, who the fuck remodeled my house? Yeah, right. Just so like, who put a bar in my okay, vault? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like little girl hanging out in the bar. Right. <laughs> Nobody notices anything. <laughs> like pretty sure. Funny. <laughs> yep. But she disappeared in 1841, and an old chimney in the building was said to be her burial site. And when it was bricked up, a child's shoe with the name Molly inscribed on it fell out. Oh. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the bar, there have been many reports of paranormal activity in the ladies' restrooms or toilets. <laughs> and there's a spirit known as Old Jacques. Who, who repeatedly <laughs> slams doors and turns hand dryers on and off. That's so, great. Uh-huh. So he's known for his fondness of pretty young girls with many women reporting seeing his shadow looming over the doorway. They hear ghostly feet dragging across the floor. And sometimes they even feel the breath on the back of his neck or they claim to have been attacked. No, thank you. I know. Super terrifying. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So basically what you're saying is when when you go, probably best use the restroom somewhere else. Probably, yeah. Okay. Or right. just, yeah, hold it forever. But Noted. there are um, <laughs> other different ghost walks. That, there's a ton of ghost tours that you can do in Edinburgh. And a lot of them actually end by entering the Banshee Labyrinth. Oh. And you enter them directly from the vaults and you actually get a token for a free drink. Oh, that's cool. I know, right? Ghost okay. tour and free drinks. Sign me up. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good mix there. Yeah. So I am definitely <laughs> putting uh, Banshee Labyrinth on my list for when we go visit. I know. I have a feeling all of these places or stories that we're going to talk about um, will definitely be on your list of things to do when you do get to go there. <laughs> I know. And then when we when we picked this uh, city for this particular episode, I'm going, okay, now I feel kind of bad because realistically, I'm just doing research. For, <laughs> it's cool. I'm helping. For my trip. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, one that I found uh, interesting was the um, is the Indenburg Playhouse. Ooh. Yeah, so it's been open more than um, 80 years ago as a cinema, and it's now uh, the UK's largest working theater. Uh, the Indenburg Playhouse um, is it the capacity is about three thousand uh, fifty nine. There's uh, um, it, it's making it basically making it UK's largest non-sporting theater in terms of like the audience capacity. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now the uh, theater is owned by the uh, Ambassador Theater Group. So now you can see uh, different uh, musicals like they they do like little short runs there um so it's still open today but still also very creepy (laughs) (laughs) but the uh the theater opened uh august 12th 1929 and uh then it was uh uh model it was modeled on the roxy cinema in new york uh it was designed by the specialist john fairweather uh most famous for his uh for his Green's Playhouse Cinema in Glasgow. Uh, The Playhouse closed on November 23rd, 1973. Demolition plans were thwarted by Save the Playhouse campaign and listed building status uh, was granted in 1974. The Playhouse reopened as a theater in 1980, staging mostly concerts, comedy shows, and the occasional opera. Uh, but also the the playhouse has changed hands frequently since then but following an extensive refurbishment program by the apollo leisure in 1933 and 1933 Mm. (laughs) 1993 one of of those years with a one and a couple nines and maybe a three yeah it's fine but there's also been a uh mysterious ghost that has appeared and his name is albert 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 i like that he has a name (laughs) such a such a distinguished name for a ghostie yes (laughs) staff have reported sightings of a man wearing gray on the sixth floor of the theater whose appearance are apparently accompanied by a blast of cold air well yeah because he's a ghost <laughs> um Albert's living identity is unknown, though he is thought to be the ghost of a stagehand who died in an accident mm. or a night watchman who killed himself. Oh. So How it, sad. yeah, they say that there's been creepy noises down um where like the stagehands are like hanging out and then also I read uh in the um what do I want to say dressing rooms also like lights flicker on and off randomly and they hear people um like old actors and actresses just like walking down the hallways and there's like nobody there Mm. so fun times maybe you like maybe you'll want to go see a musical or a play there while you're there (laughs) have a ghosty grab my hair just for fun Mm -hmm. could be interesting yeah it could be fun if i can drag jared well he, he's he, he's like no he's like hard pass on ghosts <laughs> for every for every distillery that we go to we'll do one ghost thing okay i think that's fair right that's that's a fair trade could be well the other one that i picked and i really want to go here too is uh gray friars kirkyard which is actually a cemetery oh mm-hmm and this one's got some interesting ties actually to Harry Potter characters. So the listing that they have on their website says body snatchers, violent ghosts, a loyal dog, and Harry Potter characters may seem like strange bedfellows. But in Scotland's gorgeous gothic capital city of Edinburgh, the four merge to make up the ghostly lore surrounding one of the world's most haunted graveyards. It's quite the description. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have a chance to look up pictures of it, it's actual. I mean, like every other cemetery in Europe, it's beautiful. I know. Why, um, how are they just so... The cemeteries in Europe are so beautiful. I know that's like really... I don't know. It might be an odd thing to say. But just even like some of the, the grave sites, the, the, the crypts, like mm-hmm. everything. They're so ornate. and We're just so boring here in the U.S. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I mean, like I said, like, you know, there's... We've got some nice ones. Yeah, but I mean, but they're just so beautiful there. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the one that, you know, we talked about um, 
last week uh, in Paris, that one you talked about. Oh, Père Lachaise. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing picture. Oh. And what's, you know, I was thinking about that the other day and I'm thinking, man, how much it would suck if your family didn't pay your rent on your grave and then you, your body got repossessed and you got cremated. Oh, <laughs> that was sad. I was thinking about that the that other day. That is really sad. I know when you said that, I yeah, that was really sad. <laughs> well, in Greyfriars Kirkyard, there is actually a poltergeist by the name oh. of George McKenzie, also called the McKenzie Poltergeist. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. And uh, he is said to be one of the most aggressive and active paranormal figures around. He was known during his lifetime as a ruthless persecutor of the Scottish Coventers, uh, a Presbyterian movement in the 17th century. So his spirit was supposedly released in 1999 when a homeless man was looking for a spot to sleep and broke into his final resting place called the Black Mausoleum. Um, It was a fate predicted by famed Scottish poet Robert Louis Stevenson, who referenced Mackenzie in his 1879 book, Edinburgh, Picturesque Notes. Um, And he wrote, when a man's soul is certainly in hell, his body will scarce lie quiet in a tomb, however costly. Sometime or other, the door must open and the reprobate come forth in the abhorred garments of the grave. So thanks to this mm. homeless guy that decided to camp out on his grave, you know, however many couple hundred years later, maybe a yeah. hundred years later, <laughs> uh, just released the Mackenzie poltergeist. So the Covenanters prison is connected to Greyfriars Kirkyard by a stone gateway and it's locked by a metal gate near Mackenzie's mausoleum. And it was once home to an estimated 1,200 unfortunate members of a failed anti-government revolution in 1679. Conditions Mm. of the prison were so brutal that only 257 of the prisoners came out alive. Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. And this was four months after their mass incarceration. So today, tour purveyors conducting nighttime excursions around the graveyard have reported some mysterious happenings with many participants that have emerged from inside the prison and the mausoleum with bruises, burns and scratches and even broken bones. Okay, don't sign me up for that tour. (laughs) Yep, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, So in 2006, the Scotsman, which is actually a newspaper that we're going to talk about, well, that I'm going to talk about later, um, the Scotsman wrote that there had been 450 documented attacks, 140 people that had collapsed, and even suspicion that the Mackenzie Poltergeist was responsible for the death of one local sidekick. Psychic, not sidekick. Psychic. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. We had caffeine. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh. Uh, I had too much then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the daylight hours, it's a beautiful place for a tranquil stroll um, and revealing only hints of its bloody past. Typical of most old cemeteries, eerie carved stone angels of death and other ghoulish figures adorn many of the tombstones. But it's the imposing metal grills covering some of the graves that really stand out. So here's where it gets a little nasty. And I'm sure you're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So in the 1800s, in the early 1800s, the University of Edinburgh's prestigious medical studies program flourished, inadvertently sparking an underground trade in corpses stolen by body snatchers. Oh, yeah, you know I'm getting into that. Mm -hmm. And when (laughs) I when I went to Ireland, they I did a ghost tour there with a friend of mine. And that was a big topic as well, was the the body snatchers. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait for you to talk about that. (laughs) Um, So soon the the practice became an epidemic. And to prevent these entrepreneurs from making off with their loved ones, families would often protect graves by boxing them with iron cages that ran deep into the ground. I know, that's really... Really creepy. But in happier news, for the past 140 (laughs) years, there's a noble-looking bronze statue of a Sky Terrier that has stood guard outside the grounds and watched over the Kirkyard. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's called by locals um, the story of Greyfriars Bobby. So it's a loyal dog that's stood vigil over his deceased owner's grave for 14 years until his own death. And then he was buried near his beloved master's plot. Aww. I know, so cute. Oh, mm. doggy. If I died, Peanut would just be like, who's going to feed me? <laughs> She's like, miss you, mom, but I need a cheeseburger. 
Oh, man. She wouldn't camp out over my grave. Nope. There's no cheeseburgers here. <laughs> I'll just have to leave some. You'll have around. to just leave cheeseburgers for her. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm still around, too. <laughs> I feel like Pearl would do the same thing. Aww. She's like, oh, there's no steak? She's like, but but I thought that there was steak. Yeah. Someone told me there was going I to was be snacks. I was told there would be snacks. <laughs> I think her dogs are just like us. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, when when Peanut had, not to, to sidetrack, but we'll sidetrack a little bit. So when Peanut Dog just had her, her ACL surgery, the surgeon called me and said, you know, she's eating well. She's eating all of the snacks that were given her. And I just said, yeah, she gets that from her mother. Her mother's mm-hmm. never met a snack she didn't like. <laughs> yep. But back to the cemetery. Oh yeah, getting back. So here's where the um, here's where the the Harry Potter tie-in comes. Yes. So the cemetery is just steps from the now landmark Elephant House Cafe, and this is where J.K. Rowling first scribbled the lines of Harry Potter in a window seat overlooking George Harriet's an uncannily Hogwarts esque school. Oh. Yeah. So among the graves in Greyfriars Kirkyard is one with a headstone reading Thomas Riddell. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. Which many fans think have inspired the birth name of Lord Voldemort or Tom Riddle. I think so. Yeah. Very cool. Now, super hardcore Harry Potter fans often make a pilgrimage to this grave site and they leave notes and flowers in this grave is 197 years old. As long as they don't mark it up. Oh, I know. Please be nice. <laughs> as long as they're not, you know, de- you know, defiling it, that would mm-hmm. be great. <laughs> totally. Especially as, you know, cemeteries as old as this. Oh, yeah. Like, ugh. I know we talked a little bit about that last week, but <laughs> right. Um, well, definitely getting into um, the more dark and creepy. Um, I'm going to talk about Mary King's clothes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> so, um, so Mary King's clothes is a historic. Uh, area located under the buildings on the royal mile um and it's in the it's um it took its name from one mary king a merchant uh burgess who resided on the clothes in the uh, 17th century um so if if those if those of you who don't know life in the 17th century in Edinburgh wasn't that nice Mm-mm. <laughs> um you know, especially in that area, Innenberg was very, it was not sanitary at all. And in Mary King's clothes, like inhabitants lived in narrow winding streets crammed in, and they crammed tenants like up to seven tori- stories high. So Ooh. yeah. And then they didn't have a proper sewer system. So tenants uh, simply just dumped waste into the streets. Mm. It sounds so nice. I really want to go there. But I hear that a lot about um, different cities in Europe. Yeah. Just throwing your bedpan out into the street. I mean. What else are you going to do? Why? (laughs) So with that, rats ran wild and, you know, in the clothes carrying fleas with them everywhere they went. And these fleas became infected and basically became known as the bubonic plague or the black death yeah so um it the black death first appeared on the british isles and um and it appeared to be more a problem only in the english uh, territories the scots you know <laughs> they kind of delighted calling it the the foul death of the english <laughs> but the english jokes part. on them no, yeah. okay. <laughs> not no, i'm sorry that was a bad joke <laughs> sorry um but however <laughs> the the rats and fleas and bacteria made its way to scotland yay and Eek. definitely hitting the very tight quarters of mary king's clothes mm. yeah it was is very very bad. <laughs> um, they they there's a myth kind of running around saying there was somewhat of an effort to quarantine. Um, Edinburgh city officials sealed off Mary King's clothes in 1644, leaving some 600 inhabitants to perish inside without hope. 
but i mean in reality they were actually pretty well cared for um uh families who were healthy enough um they were um, moved to um the berg muir and those who uh weren't able to be moved let the worker know let workers know by putting white flags in their windows so that food and coal could be delivered to their doorsteps and then there's all the there's the picture now, especially during our quarantine, the plague doctor. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Coming to the doorstep, you know, wearing uh, leather head to toe. And he was wearing the bizarre bird shaped mask to, you know, help protect him for the disease. And actually it was really good. So I don't know, maybe we need to start wearing this mask. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. There's a reason they used it. Um, and basically to save a plague victim, the uh, the plague doctor would slice off a top of the victim's sore and then jam a red hot poker into the womb to, to, to cauterize it. I, I don't know that I've said it lately, but I'm real thankful for modern medicine. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was terrible, but the, tech, the technique actually help save lives see what happens when you don't want to get a vaccine you get a fucking hot poker jammed into your sores no thank you no thank you Mm-mm. i mean obviously this was long before vaccines yeah. but i mean if it worked though and you lived i mean i i wouldn't mind taking the hot poker i mean if it saved my life i'm just saying it would hurt a lot I'd, but <laughs> I'd ponder for a long time. <laughs> Someone just give me some alcohol. They, like, had, they had good whiskey back then, you know. Oh like, man! <laughs> just give it to me, and then get the get the red hot poker, and we're we're good. Eek, 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 eek. <laughs> so, um, but after the plague had passed, uh, tenants continued to live in Mary King's clothes until the 19th century, and then after that, it was emptied and sealed up. Um, so now it's a very popular, uh, tour site. A lot of people go there just to, you know, get all the ghost stories and, um, you know, hear the wonderful macabre history of that area. Um, and, uh, one of the things, I mean, obviously every, pretty much people were there, you know, left to die or somewhat survive so of course you know people have seen a lot of supernatural sightings and paranormal occurrences you know little ghostly figures and they hear eerie voices when they're in there and i don't know if you saw pictures but yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty creepy just in general just looking at it (laughs) um but um it actually um several yeah (laughs) But actually, uh, several paranormal investigations have taken place here, um, and it has point. It has been pointed out that this particular close ran um, the nearest of any to the old Norlock, um, a stagnant and highly polluted marsh. So it was really close to all that nastiness. Oh, even better! Just take take a plague and <laughs> add in some nasty marshes and. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's also said that the gas escaping into the closes uh, was known to cause hallucinations. Oh, even better! So even more fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, one of the the biggest um, attractions mm-hmm. when you go and tour is Annie's doll, and you'll see if you look up the picture, you'll probably see this in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll see a bunch of dolls, um, just kind of kind of put up in this one little whole area in the clothes mm-hmm. um so in the 90s a renowned japanese psychic uh eiko gibo came to visit the mary king's clothes while making a film about uh haunted places of britain uh when it came to stepping inside a room off alan's clothes she could barely like entered the room like she felt a lot of pain and unhappiness like she was just she just felt really really hurt um, and she wanted, she felt like someone was telling her, you know, she wants to go home, see her family. And yeah, like she just got all these readings from this. I always wanted to go to a, like a haunted place with a, with a psychic. Mm. 
<laughs> just to freak me out even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> but eventually, uh, it, it, Giba was able to get inside the room, and in there, you know, she communicated with um, a young girl spirit near the fireplace, and found out her name was Annie. And Annie let her know that she lost her favorite doll, and she was really heartbroken about it. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Giba went and purchased a doll from a local Royal, Royal Miles shop and returned it to the little girl. And then uh, Aiko uh, stated the doll apparently brought comfort to her and said, as long as this doll remains, it, it said that the room will never again be disturbed by her spirit. So... There's a little creepy doll story for you. (laughs) It's not a day without a creepy doll story. Yeah. So um, over the years, they've kind of tried to do research to find out, you know, who this Annie is. Um, They haven't really, they haven't really found like much research. The closest they could uh, find was a child um, being the unnamed daughter of Jean McKenzie, who was recorded during the plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ever since uh, Gibo left the first doll, a growing number of people from all over the world has brought Dan- um, God, I'm so Annie dolls, <laughs> toys, and jewelry. Uh, so pretty much everybody's doing this. I mean, people from New York City police to all the way out here in Newport Beach Mm -hmm. um, have, you know, pretty much just getting donations all across the globe. Uh, But then on April 17th of 2019, very recently, uh, they received some, a panicked radio call uh, informing that Annie's doll was no longer in her usual spot. Oh, yeah. Um, they thought maybe it just got lost in the pile of donated toys, but after searching everywhere, the the doll was lost. So now they've been seeing a little bit of you know extra scary stuff down there. Yeek. Yeah, but the doll that she had purchased was, uh, it, it was kind of like their version of Barbie, um, but they called her Tartan Barbie basically like her <laughs> her name but tartan barbie but tartan barbie is missing and that's annie's doll that the psychic had purchased mm. so yeah so when you go bring a doll um <laughs> so here's so, the thing you're like i'm not going <laughs> here's the thing mm. oh man well a little more detail about the greater collective of of units as opposed to just the one pub the other place one of the other places that i picked was the southbridge vaults oh and that gets into the and thing. then that segues into you yes <laughs> so as we talked about um the southbridge vaults are hidden under one of Edinburgh's busiest streets. And there are a series of more than a hundred spooky subterranean chambers. And they're housed and closed off in the closed off arches of the Southbridge viaduct. So the Southbridge vaults originally opened in 1788 and they were originally used by local businesses as either workshops or for storage. But then they were abandoned less than 10 years later when the chamber started to flood. Oof. Shocker, you build things underground and right. if there's too much water nearby or do you get too much rain. <laughs> so soon after, that's when all of the illicit activities started to occur and all of the vaults became home to sex workers or to criminals and they actually became a slum and they were turned into slum housing for some of the city's poorer residents. Ooh. Yeah, so it's super sad. So um, crime was rife below the street level and robbery and murder were becoming pretty common, which is really sad. Um, and then there are the two most infamous of Edinburgh's body snatchers, Burke mm-hmm. and Hare, who reportedly hunted for victims in the vaults. So I'm going to let you talk more about that. Oh, yeah. And skip that part. <laughs> but unsurprisingly, uh, this place has more than a few ghost stories. And there are tons and tons of tours that you can take. Um, I looked on TripAdvisor to see which ones were the highest rated. So that when I do book my trip, whenever 
you folks from the U.S. are allowed into the U.K. again or Europe in general, right? <laughs> or anywhere in general, um, then I'll be able to to go on a really good one. Um, but from there are not only spirits that may have lost their lives from murder in the area, but also from the Great Fire of Edinburgh, and people were trapped in the vaults. And supposedly, there was an evil, evil demon that trapped some inside the stone circle in one of the chambers. Of course. Mm-hmm. Super of scary. Of course. <laughs> so, n- nowadays, they're obviously one of the most haunted sites in the area, and there are multiple spirits that frequent some of which we talked about and we actually already talked about the watcher mm-hmm. but something else that the watcher does apparently is sometimes he shouts at patrons and uses physical force to scare tourists oh great mm-hmm. this you know this trip is already sounding great <laughs> i mean I, I don't know that i could really blame him because yeah. if people were in my house be like mm-hmm. gtfo uh, yeah right <laughs> I live here. You don't go away. <laughs> You're like, hey, <laughs> get out my house. GTFO. <laughs> oh my gosh, mm-hmm. some creepy, dark history. Mm-hmm. And then I just went further down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. <laughs> and discovered Birkin hair. Mm. So great. <laughs> So, uh, between 1827 and, and through uh, 1829, you know, Innenberg was home to the two most famous body snatchers, William Burke and William Hare. Yeah. <laughs> During this time, the need for corpses grew to meet with anatomy uh, research taking place in Innenberg at the time. It was like a, a huge thing. Um, so in order to meet that demand, the black market of body snatchers had a roaring trade buying and selling stolen human bodies. It's like the weirdest thing to me. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so this provided the perfect platform for friends Burke and Hare to sell their 16 victim corp- corpses to Dr. Robert Knox at the University of Indenburg for use towards his anatomy lectures. So, like, if we end up, you know, this doesn't take off or anything, <laughs> you know, maybe there's a black market for for body snatchers again. I mean. <laughs> I just like it. They're like, you know, two friends hook up. You're like, you know what? You're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Let's let's start this business of body snatching. I mean, kind of <laughs> along that line, there was a movie with Emily Blunt in 80. 80- 80 oh my gosh amy adams i think it was called sunshine cleaners or something oh like that. yep mm-hmm. and it was the one where they uh without being certified bonded licensed or insured they started their own afterlife cleaning so they would clean up crime scenes and stuff can't do it but then they would just throw you know sh- blood covered sheets and mattresses and stuff in the garbage <laughs> like you're not supposed to <laughs> so gross uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm just saying if we end up not doing anything else i guess there's a market for other creep creepy dark type jobs oh, <laughs> <totes>. <laughs> but um in 1889 actually the crimes caught up with them and so burke was executed following Hare's confession uh evidence against him oh burn Nick. <laughs> uh so going back a little bit um so at the time in europe there was just this whole center of uh a- um, anatomical study um in the early 19th century so you know they were really like just getting that s- shortage of like the, the corpses to you know do all their research on um and they really wanted to do findings of people who died in prison, um, suicide victims, or from foundlings and from orphans. Oh, how sad! <laughs> yeah. Aww. So, you know, when when a, a lodger in Hare and Hare's house died, Hare turned to his friend Burke for advice, and they decided to sell the body to Knox. Why not? Hey, I got this dead body. You want it? <laughs> <laughs> so um and then for them they um 
they uh, got a, a generous sum of, I believe back then it was it, it's still pounds, seven, seven pounds. I forget what their money was back then. <laughs> In oh, it probably was because pounds, I think okay because I don't recall if we I know we have listeners in the UK I don't know if we have any in Scotland per se but I think we have some in Great Britain um if you happen to know yeah. when maybe they still are on the pound they I might feel be. like they are but I'll have to add that back in later <laughs> but seven pounds that was a lot they are so, on the pound Woo-hoo. oh okay Woo. all right so yeah they got a generous sum of seven pounds <laughs> I mean, with but inflation. Back then, yeah, but back then, that was a lot, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. so. <laughs> and, and that is approximately $1.31 U.S. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Well, one pound to... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But well, now it's not much. <laughs> no, it would be... Back in, then. Right now, it's actually 19 for seven pounds. That's $9.14. Oh. Per, per capita. Oh, okay. That's so not a lot of money. Yeah. Oy vey. Well, 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 I Ooh. hope they use that seven pounds for, for more body snatching. Devices. Yeah, right. <laughs> for all their supplies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, a little over two months later, when Hare was concerned that a lodger suffering from fever would deter others from staying in the house, he and Burke murdered her and sold the body to Knox. The men continued their murder, murder spree um, and probably they're, they're thinking their wives knew, but there's not like a whole lot of information on that, at least that I can find. But uh, Burke and Hare's actions were uncovered after other larger uh, lodgers discovered their last victim, Margaret uh, uh, Doherty, um, and they contacted the police. So they got busted. Wah, wah, wah. And if there's one thing that we know to be true, it's that Europe did not take kindly to body snatchers. Nope when busted nope not at all Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> and they went on a full investigation of all this after this body was discovered um they uh, in in doherty's body indicated that she had probably been suffocated um but this could not have uh, couldn't could not be proven although the police suspected burke and Hare of other murders there was no evidence on which they could take action an offer was put uh, to Hare granting immunity from prosecution if he turned uh, King's evidence. He provided the details of Doherty's murder and confessed to all 16 deaths. Formal charges were made against Burke and his wife for three murders. Eek. Yeah. <laughs> At the subsequent trial, Burke was found guilty of one murder and sentenced to death. The case of his wife was found not proven. Uh, Scottish uh, legal verdict to acquit an individual but not declare them innocent. Burke was hanged shortly afterwards. His corpse was dissected and his skeleton displayed at the Anatomical Museum of Edinburgh Medical School. Oh, dear God. Where, as at now 2020, it still remains. I mean... You can add that to your list. Poetic justice, though, right? <laughs> yeah. So the murders, act, yeah. So the murders actually raised public awareness of the need of bodies for medical research and contributed to the passing of the Anatomy Act of 1832. This really? Act, yeah. <laughs> this act authorized dissection of bodies from workhouses unclaimed after 48 hours and ended the Wait, pre- only 48 hours. Yeah, only 48 hours. <laughs> That's two days. Yeah, I guess they don't want to waste no time. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> That another bad joke. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My life is very macabre right now. Uh, Savage Brie is my favorite Brie. And it just comes out. You do you, honey. And I don't realize that it's actually happening until you start laughing really hard at something that I say. That is really bad. Because you know that I'm such a dark human being that if I'm laughing, that it's probably pretty bad. But I mean, yeah. Hey, if you don't claim this body after forty-eight hours, we're taking it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> That's so not a lot of time. Yeah, but but it ended the practice of uh, and I can't say this word. I'm sorry. <laughs> anatomizing yeah that's oh okay the practice of anatomizing as part of death sentence for murder 
So the events have made appearances in literature, have been portrayed on screen. And actually, I'm I'm just putting this out there, but I want to add this to our list. There is a Burke and Hare film. (gasps) It came out in 2010. Did it really? Yes. And it was directed by John Landis. And it stars Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis oh as William Burke it's and William Hare. Shaun of the Dead and Gollum. Yes. Oh my gosh. How have I never heard about this? I haven't either. <laughs> Until, like I said, I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so it also stars uh, Isla Fisher. Tim Curry is in it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Bill Bailey, Jessica Hines, and uh, Tom Wilkinson. Oh. Yeah, but when I saw John Landis directed it, I was like, oh, okay, we got to watch this. We have to oh. watch this. So, yeah, there's there's so much more um I just want to put out there in detail um online, they talk about each of the 16 murders. No. Oh. But I just thought it wasn't necessary <laughs> to go down that rabbit hole on here. But I read every single one and they're yeah. No wonder there's ghosts everywhere Ugh. in this in this city. So, yeah. So that is Birkin Hair. You are all welcome. Oh my god, that was like <laughs> that was so much more gruesome than what I had seen previously. <laughs> but now we got to watch that movie though, because it's a dark comedy, so it's funny. Okay. Like with my forty-eight hour joke. Well, the last place that I have, and I. I preface this by saying there are multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple, multiple haunted castles and all sorts of good places to go and check out. Um, Edinburgh Castle is one of the notable ones that is actually still used for different government events and military events. Oh, really? Yeah, it's still like a functioning... I didn't know that. Yeah, man, it's still a functioning castle, which is so stinking cool. Um, So definitely go and check out all of the different haunted castles. But the other one that I wanted to talk about is the Scotsman Hotel, because you can stay here. And if you haven't looked at it... Um, I'm going... Do it now. (laughs) Like, because I've heard about this. Look at it. Ooh. You can stay here. I mean. It's beautiful. I don't know if, I mean, if it's super, I mean, it's it's haunted. It's haunted. It's definitely haunted. For sure. Just looking at it. Um, I like to book my vacations through Costco travel because it's just so easy and they give you all these really fun inclusions and stuff. And And is it on the list? It was on the list. (gasps) I bet you'll be staying here. Fuck yeah, man. And I didn't even know that it was haunted at first, but now that I do, I'm going to I mean, it's old. It's shockingly not as old as I, as you would think. Oh, really? It was built in 1905. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was older. Because it looks way older. Okay. Um, But it's, it originally opened in 2001 as a hotel, but the uh, original Edwardian building is from 1905 and it housed the Scotsman newspaper for nearly a century. Mm -hmm. So it's located on Northbridge between Royal Mile and Princess Street and it straddles Edinburgh's medieval old town and georgian new town why don't we have a medieval old town and a georgian new town anywhere here because the u.s is not that cool (laughs) (laughs) where we don't have all the fun things i mean they're even changing like our downtown areas and they had beautiful buildings like this and they're they weren't utilized i mean europe did the smart thing and they just say hey you know even though these places are haunted and a lot of people died let's just make it look a little bit better on the inside and then we'll just keep the old ways of the outside and i mean we're already i understand our entire state of california is basically a giant fault line Mm -hmm. and the earth could open up at any minute and swallow us like totally get it either that or we're just gonna be an island we're just gonna float out we'll go hang with hawaii i'm fine with that i know i'm not hating that idea just no no volcanoes (laughs) yeah screw the volcanoes and no sharks yeah it's shark week this week oh and i watched a couple things oh i'm i haven't started but okay is real (laughs) real nasty but anyway so this is where it's located and then in the 1900s the north bridge running between the new and old towns was widened as part of these this expansion of a 190 foot tower um that was built and and into which the scotsman newspaper moved their offices oh the building cost around half a million pounds 
And after the rest of the Northbridge extension was completed, they teamed up with the Carlton directly opposite, and it formed an imposing entrance to the old town. Interesting little geography oh. there. Um, so the direct access from Market Street into the building was an ideal distribution outlet for newspapers to be packed directly onto trains at the Edinburgh Waverley Railway Station, um, straight from the printing house that took up the entire basement. The middle floors of the building were originally used for the editorial offices, and the current penthouse used to be the pigeon lofts. I'm looking at the penthouse right now. <laughs> and this, uh, so the site now occupied by the Northbridge Brasserie uh, originally held the reception and trading rooms where bartering over advertising took place. Mm. Yeah. So this in, is really cool. I know. So in 2001, the newspaper moved their own purpose-built offices into Holyrood, and the building was renovated into the Scotsman Hotel. So there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of ghosts that haunt this hotel, but there's one most notable that I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, and it is actually a 20th century printer. Oh. No one knows who he is. Okay. Um, and no one knows how he died or where he died. It's super unclear, but he is still connected to the hotel and you can still see him wandering around. And there have been a lot of other, you know, the very typical reports of footsteps and doors closing. Um, and the other odd thing that people have said is that the printers, the laser jet printers mm. often freak out huh? and, and do weird things. Haunted printers. It's I like a thing. it. Yeah. Well, we did say that, you know, technology would take over one day. <laughs> AI terrifies me. Yeah. Stop making it's all these start smart with the printers. No. Your smartphone is always listening to you anyway. Oh, yeah. It's, it is very creepy how it does that. Uh-huh. They like, can't really record creepy. it, but they're always listening. Like, literally, I was talking to you about Spirit Halloween, and then all of a sudden... I'm like going on the web to search for something and then an ad pops up. Mm -hmm. Spirit Halloween. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. It's mega creepy. But also looking at the Scotsman Hotel online, mm -hmm. uh, you need to stay in the Baron Suite. Ooh. Oh man. That's so stinking cool. Yeah. I'm so here for this. So I'm just, just throwing it out there. Okay. Just picking your room All for right. your trip. Gerable, make a note this when is, we go. This is all notes. That's where we're staying. <laughs> this whole episode is notes. This whole, this whole, yeah, this whole episode was vacation research. Scotland, I'm so sorry. I'm coming for you mm -hmm. next year or whenever we're not in a pandemic. Yeah, can we please, can we please be done with this? <laughs> I got a brand new passport with no stamps in it. I know. I no. only have one stamp in my new one. Oh, that's right. Because you went to Colombia. I did. But I need more. Yes, this, that that was like my goal for this year was traveling, but <laughs> looks, looks, looks like that's not happening. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Rona was like, "Oh, you're so cute. Aww, you you thought travel? you were gonna travel. No. You thought you were actually gonna get away this year and have vacation and nice relaxing time." Like, Rona just looked at you and went, "Ooh, girl." Mm -hmm. <laughs> she just, Rona just patted me on the head. It's gonna be okay. No, honey. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. You'll still girl. be here in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh man mm -hmm. well well that concludes our episode for today yes thanks for listening yes thank you and please um i know we're probably gonna try to do more facebook lives in the future so definitely be on the lookout for that but make sure you're following us on facebook and on instagram and um again uh, please like us comment send us a review send us your uh more comments and oh, oh, oh big shout out to to kathleen deathblock oh she, yes uh she was the first person to email us and use our email box Yay! we got an email we got, email. We got an email <laughs> that's that's my song thank you deathblock we got it like as soon as we started recording so uh we're going to respond to it before we keep recording yes and also thank you to deathblock for sending us other um on our facebook sending us suggestions for mm -hmm. for other ideas of things that we can talk about so please everybody yeah because otherwise we'll just ramble about 
the shit that we like, but <laughs> right. but we'd like to know about the shit that you like too. Yes. So thank you, Death Black. We appreciate you and we love you. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. But also, but speaking of email, please email us at thesquaggles at gmail.com. Yeah, man. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.